Hello, hello, and welcome to another Hometown Daily News Show. I am Mayor Watt, and this is the Hometown Daily News Show for January 22nd, 2023. Ralphie and the Industries of Titan. So today's rundown, I'm going to do this really quick for you so that you know what you're, uh, how much you want to bite off, I guess, and then you can chew it up by sitting around with me and the AI from on high that has a booming voice that comes down from everywhere in hometown. Well, here are the articles that we're going to discuss real quick. We're going to talk about how Arizona and California and some other states are trying to generate a whole new water supply. There's uh, Industries of Titan is an early access game on Steam. Uh, I love the idea of it, so we're going to go and check it out. Um, eggs from Mexico uh, have been banned for more than a decade because of the avian flu. And well, guess what's happening right now here in the States? And guess what's coming back to the States? Um, Nintendo Super Nintendo World is opening in Los Angeles next month. Uh, why do we anthropomorphize spacefaring robots? A, uh, an editor has watched a rocket launch, but it was horizontal. Um, Metroidvania game Eldorand is launching next month. Uh, the Wall Street Journal has an article about Yellen talking about a $1 trillion coin being minted to avoid federal default, which is just bananas, but we'll talk about it a little bit. What are NFL players wearing around their necks? If you don't know, you haven't seen it, or you assumed what it was, well, we'll talk about it. Uh, natural gas prices have crashed. That's right. The end of the world that was coming a couple of uh, months back is no longer happening, but maybe it is. It really depends on supplier whim. And we're going to meet Ralphie, the fire-breathing demon. Let's get into today's articles. So this is the hometown daily news show. We do it every day at 9 PM Eastern. I am Merwatt. That is hometown.com and the booming voice from on high, the AI. Good evening, hometown, Good evening, citizens. hometown citizens. Yeah. Still hasn't decided on a name, but we'll figure it out eventually. So we've already selected the articles. We've got 11 of them today. Uh, so we t typically turn it up to 10, but every once in a while we find something really interesting and we just have to turn it up to 11 because, you know, 11 is louder. That's a This Is Spinal Tap thing. Uh, if you've never seen This Is Spinal Tap, go and watch it. It's a mockumentary of the rock and roll industry. Okay, so today's uh, first article is how Arizona, California, and other states are trying to generate a whole new water supply. Um, it's over at the hill. They have a video that plays and it doesn't necessarily apply to anything being discussed. Gianna Melillo is the author of this over at the hill. And it says underground storage may be key to uh, or for Western states navigating water shortages and extreme weather aquifers under the ground as opposed to above the ground, um, have served as a reliable source of water for years. During rainy years, the aquifers would fill up naturally, helping areas get by in their dry years. Well, a significant amount of dry years have passed, and uh, now there's some pretty heavy flooding in California. Uh, constant rain and atmospheric rivers, that's a new one uh, to most people. Well, growing demand for water coupled with climate change has resulted in shortages as states pump water out of the aquifers faster than they can be replenished. I think that's what's going to be happening for a while. Regional efforts uh, is a little section in this article in California where 85% of the population relies on groundwater for some portion of their supply. Uh, more than 340 recharge projects have been proposed and the California Department of Water Resources announced this month it'll expedite the permitting process for recharge projects to help meet its goal of expanding water groundwater recharge by at least 500,000 acre feet each year. Orange County is doing the same thing. Um, Arizona is doing something similar since its inception. The authority um, has used recharge to store nearly um, 5.6 billion 
cubic meters, right? 5,600 million cubic meters of surface water from the Colorado River as of 2019. I find that kind of interesting. Um, and um, so the city of Tucson also serves as a model example thanks to its flexible approach to using renewable surface water supplies. What do you think? You have any uh, words to throw in regarding this? I know the AI from on high may not actually be paying any attention to this because it's a desert out there. And well, what do desert folk need? Well, they need well, water, they need and water, so, and so they really need they to think really about to some think sort of sustainable method if they're going to continue to population centers. I've been reading I've another been reading another article that the recent, floods, 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 although they've a little bit, are not little bit nearly are not enough, nearly enough to um, impact um, the water, impact the water um, supplies, um, in supplies in a positive way in the long term. But I think any time yeah, they, so they, they can find a method to the store water, um, the store et cetera, water, it can, et cetera, help, it can help in the long run. So it says here, not only uh, can increased water storage help with water security in the future, but higher groundwater levels can also reconnect streams, improving conditions for fish and vegetation along uh, the streams corridor. To me, this all just screams that climate change is going to have a massive impact and we really don't know what that impact is going to be. Are drier areas going to end up getting even drier? Are wetter areas going to get wetter? Or is all hell going to break loose? And uh, those wet areas are just going to dry up. Well, places that maybe had a flood every 10 years are having them on the regular nowadays. So I, I liken this to like cigarettes. No. Cigarettes were great for you because doctors 60 years ago, 70 years ago said that they were great for you. And then research showed, no, no, they've always been bad for you. And um, it's really dense to not just accept the fact that cigarettes are really bad for you. Well, climate change, it's really bad for you. And research has shown that it's really bad for you and that, well, we really don't know what the world is going to throw at us humans next. So you pay attention to what the research and scientists and fundamental researchers are doing. And you don't uh, talk to your crazy Eddie brother, cousin, sister's uncle's nephew, who says that he heard from an alien last weekend that everything's going to be just fine. Is that a reference that to a reference National to Lampoon's, Lampoon's Christmas, Christmas vacation? vacation? No, I, but I, I can't confirm or deny that I've been recently kicked in the head by a mule. Anyway, uh, so the next article is over in, oh, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity to, um, correct what I've failed to do again at the beginning of the show. And that's put the article into, um, chat. So like every episode, the VOD has the real time chat. Uh, attached to it here on Twitch and uh, you can actually watch the VOD from beginning to end and get the articles from there or you can go to that URL down there it says hometown.showbot.tv where you can vote on the articles that you find interesting um, and then we keep it in mind when we're parsing through the articles sometimes I get notices from somebody that says hey um, you want to use this article or that article yeah sure it looks really interesting um, otherwise, uh, we look at the votes and we, that's interesting. Um, and, uh, we, um, tend to parse all of our news from the last 24 hours and then create these links all over again. So it's a lot of fun. If you want to say something in chat, feel free to throw something in chat and we'll talk about it. Um, but that said, let's get on with the news. The next article is, uh, the neon cities of Industries of Titan rise from the depths to full release this month. It's actually in early access right now. And it's it says here in the article, a little we have a little snippet. We don't take the full article, we don't take the artwork, and we always link back to the source, and then we give credit here in the show. Um, the dilapidated cityscapes and uh, epic spaceship battles of Jovian Moon Titan are finally getting a proper release this month as Industries of Titan 
will rise from beneath the surface and out of early access on Jan um, yeah, January 31st, 2023. I love this name because it's a flip. Uh, Titan of industry is one person, but Industries of Titan is actually a whole bunch of uh, companies that are all vying for control of Titan and you end up doing battle. Uh, at least what I have seen so far has been on, uh, it's been ship to ship battle and ship to ground battle, but I don't know if there's ground combat. Um, that said, I did buy the game, so I, I'll be playing that here. Uh, not today, uh, but in the near future uh, before it releases and, and we can talk about it when we're playing and the news and whatever else you're interested in. So it says uh, Brace Yourself Games, which is the developer of this, hasn't said what's new and interesting in the 1.0 update, but the mix of industrialization, city building and uh, uh, strategy combat has been marinating for almost three years now. This is well done. Over that time, well, I mean, I guess it's a really slow cook. So like a sous vide, right? It's just kind of cooking for a long time. Hopefully it doesn't end up like that fake meat beef jerky that I got today. I bought this uh, Beyond Meat stuff. When you look at it, it looks like it. We're going to lose another sponsor, by the way. Um, so at least one every, at show, stuff, one every show, <laughs> at least one every show. That means we're down. Mm, almost uh, 400. So um, this stuff, when you look at it, it looks like insulation in your attic. Uh, and then I put some in my mouth and it was insulation from the attic. The stuff was not good. It, it was like chewing on a tire that had already dried out whatever moisture might've been in it. Um, hate to say that out there, but just a warning from somebody that really loves jerky. Uh, so Brace Yourself Game, and it has nothing to do with Brace Yourself Games or or this game at all. Uh, but let's just say that I don't think that that's a titan of industry there. Um, over that time, it's had all manner of features added from shipbuilding customization to a campaign mode last November. I'm going to dig this game. I think the AI from Onheim might actually dig this game as well. Uh, Jonathan Bolding over at PC Gamer uh, wrote this article and it says, be the awful corporate leader behind an awful city on an awful planet. It's fun. <laughs> I love that. I wonder what the, I wonder um, what the, the impetus, um, was, impetus for that game. was for that game. Uh, you know, let's see. I, I, I'm going to play it, but I'm going to... I'm going to cover up the audio. So that's what it looks like right there. Basically, it's a city builder survival kind of a game where you have to go and decimate your opponents. And it looks like most of it is, you know, ship to surface and um, guns from the surface up anti-aircraft guns. But it's a really short video, so not a big deal. Uh, but, whoa, uh, go and check it out and... It's over at PC Gamer. You follow that link through uh, Ometown and you'll be able to uh, get it yourself because it is early access. So you can actually pick it up right now. Let's see if there's anything else in here that might be interesting. Um, for me, it's like a business centric command and conquer. I mean, that sounds fun. So, that sounds fun. Conquer is great. Conquer is great. You know, Hearing the AI say command and conquer is great. Well, it frightens me. Okay, so the next article is about eggs. And uh, I'm, I'm wor I've been worried about eggs because they've been going up in price. And if you haven't been paying attention to it, uh, last year it went up somewhere around 50%. Well, it says here there has been a 108% increase in egg seizures over recent months, and that's because the price for eggs is nuts. Uh, depending on where you are, somewhere around $6 for 18. I think that's a lot. Um, when you used to be able to get, I think somewhere around $2 for a dozen, $2.50 for 18. Yeah, that's quite a markup. Americans quite are finding, yeah, quite a bit, right? Um, but there are reasons for this, by the way. Uh, the number one reason is that close to 60 million chickens have been 
decimated by avian flu. Well, eggs from Mexico, banned for more than a decade in the U.S. because of avian flu uh, dangers, are being seized at the border as U.S. prices soar. So people are smuggling eggs. So if you see a six foot eight chicken with a massive number of eggs, notify authorities because I, they're probably smuggling a bunch of eggs in. I, um, I had an omelet this morning for breakfast at a restaurant and it looked like there was maybe, if there were three, it was three small eggs um, and they weren't cheap. So uh, I might, I might start raising chickens in the backyard here in hometown <laughs> because these peckers are getting expensive. So as egg prices continue to rise in the U.S., some are attempting to bring cheaper eggs illegally from Mexico over the border, but transporting uncooked eggs poses a risk of disease and could cost smugglers thousands in fines. Let's go check out this article. This is Aiden Pollard's uh, writing over at businessinsider.com. Um, here, there, if you're watching the VOD, this is a picture of a gentleman that's getting a body cavity check to make sure that he's not about to lay eggs. Um, and he's um, touching the sensor that says that they're, they're ready for the procedure. Um, that's not actually true, but I thought it was funny in my head. Smugglers can face up to $10,000 in fines for undeclared commercial transports. So like three eggs, that's fine. They'll make their money back somewhere else. That explains why that your explains omelet why was your missing. Omelet was missing. Eggs. I mean, eggs. they must have been, I mean, seized, they must with have been seized at the border. Yeah, two of the three of the three egg omelet um, were were cleared taken were by cleared. border patrol. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. As egg prices continue to rise in the U.S., some are attempting to buy, bring cheaper eggs illegally from Mexico. I'm trying to figure out how they can really kind of get away with it in bulk. You know. Um, I wonder if there's like a dog that is uh, specifically trained to sniff out eggs. I wonder if they actually have that in this article. Um, so here they talk about this. I had already read this about it uh, in other places and it just happened to flow through hometown. Um, U.S. egg prices have soared in recent months due to an outbreak of avian flu that began early last year, affecting 58 million chickens. Uh, prices jumped nearly 50% in November alone. And um, that's compared to the same month in 2021. Prices in Mexico can be half, less than half that. Well, there's less oversight um, and environmental controls in place and, and protections uh, against consumers. And God, I don't know why there's, there's some of these ads are just disgusting. Um, but I practical for some people, I suppose. So let's see if I can jump through this really quick. Oh God, no, it's just like a one-two punch of ads. Um, anyway, Payne added that high fines are intended to, for uh, undeclared commercial shipments and uh, individuals shipping modest amounts of eggs are likely to face fines closer to 300. So if you feel the urge to nest, don't lay any eggs in it. I'm sorry. I just tell the jokes. They're not all gems. You know, you know if you're going to make an omelet, you're going to have to crack a few eggs. I'll move on. Nintendo uh, Super Nintendo World opens in Los Angeles next month with a Mario Kart themed ride, gigantic Bowser statue, and Princess Peach is in another location. I'm sorry, Princess Peach Cupcakes. Take a look inside. I don't like that phrasing. Princess Peach peach cupcakes take a look inside oh probably the whole Into thing the whole is an entire yes. Yes. <laughs> oh okay okay just want to make sure that i'm not hearing this incorrectly so um it's going to open its doors february 17th and the theme park which is based in la as part of the universal studios it used to be a universal studios tour i think now it's just called universal studios um, as the first of its kind outside of Japan, it includes Nintendo themed rides, eateries, and interactive games. 
uh, you're going to have to go over to businessinsider.com and look at all of the pictures and, and glean some greater context from this. But I wanted to introduce you to it. Uh, Bethany Byron is the author. And, and here is a giant Mario. Um, well, every time I see somebody that has those, uh, well, this is a character. So I'm not saying it's a person inside. But when they have those big hands, I always think of the SNL skit where it's. Oh, with Justin oh, Timberlake. With Justin Timberlake. There you mm -hmm. go. Justin Timberlake mm -hmm. um, doing the. Come on down to what was the, the the actual skit? Yeah, we'll have to come back to it. Maybe the AI can uh, catch it in time. We might move on. Um, so if you are really into uh, Nintendo, it looks like it was Rappenville. Like oh, there's a bunch there of them. Were, yeah. There were. Yeah. So uh, Super Nintendo World is going to be uh, a big attraction if you're really into uh, Nintendo in general. Remember, February 17th, just ahead of the forthcoming Super Mario Brothers animated film in April. And there's a whole bunch of pictures. And I guess as a guesser we're given access to a, an early, like a soft open of it. And I guess people really dug it. The US version features many of the same elements the original Super Nintendo World in Osaka, Japan has. Pretty neat. Yeah, that looks, I want one of those. Yeah, that looks fun. Things. I mean, that it looks, looks fun. like I mean, you're in the video like game, in the video because, game of the, because of the, the toadstools the toad and everything. everything. Yeah, it's pretty neat. No, oh, and Princess Peach is like half anime, half human. It's well, like an anime head. I don't know. This gets into Uncanny Valley kind of things for me, um, where I, I'd rather it just be a Princess Peach looking human and not like this. But it's a different mindset. Um, I hope you all enjoy it when you go there come back to the chat and, and, uh, let us know. Let's move on to the next article. Um, the uh, next article is in the hatch ideas channel. I guess I could ask the same question that this one is asking, but for a different thing, why do we anthropomorphize spacefaring robots? Why do we anthropomorphize or make reality a, uh, animated character and not just make a human look like the animated character. Makeup is amazing stuff. Special effects are really good. Well, anyway, why, uh, why we love, why we love to anthropomorphize spacefaring robots is the next article. Humans have sent many robotic vehicles to study Mars, nearly 34 million miles away from earth. Six wheeled rovers have a twin set of cameras that act like eyes and a mast that looks like a neck. The robots take on personalities through uh, their experiences and first-person social media accounts. Yeah, uh, I think it's so that we can actually attach to it, right? Right. I mean, we'll care right. about I mean, it we'll if, care we, think about it it if a, we think it has a, a name or a personality. Or personality. Not if it's just, not if it's just robot, one, robot one or something. So there was a naming um, effort for a boat and it became Bodie McBoatface. Do you remember that? Yes, that was yeah. a naming that contest. That was a naming and contest, and I don't know if everybody liked the everybody name, liked but they the name, picked the but one, they that, picked was the the one that was the most popular. And it it really became kind of a meme and uh, personable, and people bought into it. And I think there were mugs and shirts and stuff like that that were made eventually. Paula Rosa Aquino wrote this article for BusinessInsider.com. Uh, like always, we don't read the articles beforehand, but we normally have experience to some degree in, in some element of this. Um, and so when we see the article, we're seeing it for the first time. Uh, so we talk about the subtle stuff sometimes or something that's tertiary to the article. So uh, I hope you enjoy that kind of conversation. Uh, if you do come over to the chat and you can chat with us about that and you can uh, disclose your observations uh, as we go through the article. Um, we, we tend to spend about, I don't know, five to six minutes per article. And uh, sometimes I'll soapbox. Uh, the AI typically does not, but 
maybe I just haven't found the, the right article that will, uh, how, how do you say it? Push their buttons. Yeah, that, that would be the right thing, right? So in all NASA missions, people feel some sense of connection to the vehicle, whether that's a rover, an orbiter, or a lander. Janet Vertesi, a sociologist of science and technology at Princeton University and ethnographer in several NASA's robotic space missions, told Insider. I really... Okay, so... I, I, I won't throw names or anything um, under the bus, but I was recently told that sociology was kind of a kind of a, a bunk degree. And uh, I, I said, you know, that that's not really how it is. But I, I knew that I just wasn't going to get very far in the conversation. Um, but the reality of it is that there are a lot of things that rely on understanding the social impact of whatever it is that's going on. You know, police science is a social science, really. It, the tasks that they have to do are still bound within um, policing people. Uh, business is a social science. It is primarily bound in discovering and fulfilling the wants and needs of the population because you can't sell to just a machine. Um, and the legal profession is the same way. It's the embodiment of the social process uh, turned into a, a reference point for what makes up the social construct. So for me, and, and that's just like the, just, that's just a quick observation of what sociology is, understanding the, the human component of society. Then you can go deeper, right? Yeah. You can become a sociologist and study AI and help form its mental state as it grows. Now you can plug it into something and all hell will break loose and it will become a fascist and try to take over the planet, but it's still an AI. So you can just unplug it at least for now. So I just want to hype up sociology. I think it's very important to understand the human condition. Um, but that's just a tertiary discussion, a little bit of soapboxing on my part. So it says here, we're hardwired to respond emotionally to cute robotic faces. And that leads us to uncanny Valley, right? What I was just talking about in the previous article. What do you think? I think, well, I think anytime, anytime somebody can put, somebody a, can put a, a cute face a cute or cute face characteristic, or cute characteristic on it, it's more, it's um, more um, it can be more, it connected, can be with more connected with people. As an AI, as an I don't AI, need I don't to see a need cute to see robot, a face, cute robot but face, but it seems like humans seems do. Like humans do. Yeah, we're a sucker for cute robot faces. We actually put googly eyes on random stuff just so that we can uh, make it look more human. It's the way the rovers are designed. Abigail Freeman, the deputy project scientist of the Curiosity rover, told Insider, Our brain is wired to make faces out of things that only vaguely resemble faces. Yes, our brain, we, we actually... Um, make our so our brain sees faces really easily um oh and i just want to say uh welcome to z who is in chat thanks for coming um thought you started at 8 30 uh maybe your time it, it, we start at nine but that's okay the ai has quite the echo today the ai always has an echo it's a booming voice But we'll figure it out. We'll hash it out. There might be something weird going on today. Maybe the atmosphere in Ometown is just right for the voice to boom and echo. You're supposed to hear it from everywhere in Ometown. You can't even go away. You know, you can go and have a meeting in private somewhere and you'll still hear the AI. Um, but we'll we'll take a look at it. Um, so it says uh, it really looks like a face and, and that's on purpose from a scientific perspective. We have two cameras that are spaced about the same space as eyes. So now they're designing, so now they're designing to actually look, to like, actually look a like a person, a person which, is fascinating, which is fascinating to me. 
Yeah, I think it's really interesting myself. <clears throat> They're going to make it more and more look like a human, I suppose. But, you know, a, a robot out on uh, Mars might be... Hmm. Oh, really? Z, it's a little worse than that, huh? Okay, well, I guess we're going to have to take a look at it. Um, doggone it. That's that's really rough. Yeah, there we we have an ongoing issue, but that's okay. We'll we'll solve it. Um, and like all good things, we'll we'll make it better. Um, yeah, the monitor, my monitor doesn't show that, so uh, obviously there's something going on, but we'll fix it. Sorry about that. And uh, we'll get through the articles real quick. Um, I'm doing a local recording of it. So if I have to repost it as a local recording, then we'll do it that way. Um, so the, what's a, what's a stream without tech solving? Yeah, tell me about it. Well, I, this was remedied yesterday, uh, but today it's actually, I guess, um, something hinky is going on. A, a glitch in the matrix of hometown. Um, so yeah, these little like Wally -E and other bots, they, they all become things that we can bond to. Uh, it's almost like it's done for marketing purposes so that people can feel engaged and then get a scale model of it. Um, so you get this feeling that the rover is tackling challenges and those become very human actions through the ups and downs of operating a spacecraft is when you really start to build that emotional connection uh, you really start to see them as a friend and partner who's struggling along with you. We did an article yesterday. Well, we talked about an article yesterday where it was uh, the person that was in charge of flying the drone on Mars and that there was uh, quite a bit of a time lag between sending a command and then receiving the telemetry that there that that drone is actually doing it. And he said that it was like a game or they said that it was like a game except that it would be millions of dollars lost and they would have to launch another uh, spacecraft out to Mars to keep on flying that drone. Yeah, hopefully you're a, yeah, good, hopefully pilot. You're a good pilot under those conditions. Under those conditions. And I think it was a 20 minute, it was lag, a 20 minute lag between command, between and, command action. and action. So I'm going to do something really quick and uh, we'll see if that fixes this um, slight echo, but We'll see. You can tell me, Z, if um, there is a problem still. Um, so this next article, and I'll throw this into the chat real quick, um, and and uh, we'll keep on hustling through the news. Uh, this author ticked watching a rocket launch off their bucket list, but it was nothing like SpaceX and Blue or Origin missions because the spacecraft took off horizontally. And uh, this author attended a rocket launch for the first time, ticking off a, a goal on their bucket list. It wasn't like any rocket launch that they had watched on live stream because, well, it was from a 747 and then released it at 35,000 feet. I would love to do a skydive from 35,000 feet. I want to do that space jump, um, that, that really high altitude, uh, right on the edge of space jump that the... Red Bull drop did. I don't remember. I don't know if we've talked about it, uh, the AI and I. Um, but so somebody did this really high edge of space jump uh, in a high altitude suit, a halo suit, essentially, but like an industrial grade one. And um, just kept on falling, 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 and then switched to a parachute and, and um, made the jump. I would love to do that because I've done... Um, a jump that was at 15,000 feet, but I want to do a higher one, get more free fall time. That was the first human to travel at Mach 1, and it took 34 seconds to go supersonic. Yep, that would be great. Yeah, Z, I think it would be great. So I've uh, dived down to 160 feet. And I've uh, jumped from an airplane at 15,000 feet. Um, all I need is a $500,000 um, cash bonus from somebody somewhere out there. Or maybe if I sell the AI that runs hometown one day, 
Oh. No, wait, what? <laughs> Never mind. You didn't hear that. I'll delete that memory. Um, so this author attended the rocket launch. I'm just going to jump over to the article because they show you. This is Kate Duffy who wrote this article. And uh, I don't know if they took this picture, but um, this is there's the, the rocket. And can you imagine a 737 designed to carry this on its wing and then just drop it? I think it's amazing. Oh, thank you, Z. There's no echo now. Okay. So yeah, there's some type of a, a problem with the, the voice synthesizer processing um, the data from uh, the, the way that it runs. Uh, there's text that runs through a voice synthesis and it, it does that little little uh, graphic up over and then the waveform thank you very much see this is why i have an ai because sometimes my brain just goes blah, 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 and then the ai has to finish my sentences yeah we'll work on it anyway so the author talks about how they'd always want dreamed of going to a rocket launch in person and that the dream became a reality on January 9th when they saw uh, Richard Branson's Virgin Orbit blast its Launcher 1 rocket from Spaceport Cornwall in the UK. Sandwiches, not sandwiches, Z. Not sandwiches. Sentences. Hopefully, hopefully the AI actually said sentences because that's what I heard, but... I will try to enunciate better. Look at that. We've guilted the AI into speaking clearly. Um, so at the public viewing area at the spaceport, a life-size replica of Virgin Orbit 70 foot long launcher one rocket took center stage. You know, there was a time, I don't know if they do this anymore, uh, but when I was, um, 10 11 years old i actually ended up on a um, on a base where i was allowed to walk amongst the uh, weaponry rockets and tanks and so on that uh, organizations like um northrop grumman were making um for the military and it was it was just part of a expo kind of a thing something that you would watch in um uh, iron man right from like the 60s but this was in the 80s and now you can't even you can't even download a google map that has a military base on it without somebody putting you on a watch list but it was fun back then now i know exactly what that stuff can do well, it says here the atmosphere was exhilarating and the event would be a historic or an historic landmark for the UK space industry, but it wasn't going to look like a rocket launch. There would be no firing engines, smoke or astronauts. Well, what the heck did this actually do? It was just strapped there and then dropped. So thousands of spectators turned up to the spaceport to watch the launch, which looked like a plane taking off, though this plane had a rocket strapped to the side and a payload of nine satellites inside. And so I guess it just the rocket parts burn up in the atmosphere during their journey, leading to concerns about their environmental impact and that it's not reusable after launch, something that SpaceX has remedied by having its um, bulk materials return to Earth and plant itself right on the very platform that it launched from. I think it's pretty amazing technology. Um, but I will give it to the engineers. That credit is to the engineers, not to Elon Musk. He's just a bank account and a weirdo. I'm going to get, in, I'm not going to get Elon Musk or SpaceX as a sponsor or Twitter <laughs> or Tesla. I think that occurred before today's episode. Oh, really? Is it because I badmouth a lot of uh, Elon Musk? Yeah. Okay. Well, as a rule, stop being sociopathic. That would be great. That, that would be great. Yeah, Z said, eat the rich. No, you didn't say eat the rich. You said we don't like them anyways. That's right. I agree. I said eat the rich. Man, now I'm really not going to get any sponsors. And I won't say sorry. Anyway, Melissa Thorpe, the head of Spaceport Cornwall, said in a pre-launch conference that she wanted to do a better job at getting technology into space in a more responsible, sustainable, and ethical way without expanding on how she planned to do this. Harry Potter, wave a wand. 
But yeah, eat the rich. Yeah. That's right, Z. All right, so that is this article. If you want to read more about it and look at all of the pictures, because Business Insider throws in just a ton of pictures in their articles, which is great, so that you have some <clears throat> visual understanding of what they're talking about. Um, go over, follow that link uh, in the chat and in the show notes, and you'll be able to check it out. Um, this next article is in the Aerith channel, which is really is a, a channel that's about world building um, and kind of a riff off of uh, a, a writing channel that is in the works as well. Um, but Aerith is more in the gaming sci-fi fantasy type of environment um, all around a single world called Aerith. There's more that we'll release as time goes on, um, but it's a, a quite a big project. Well, anyway, um, a lot of game stuff gets put in there because it's world building. And uh, there's a trailer in this article uh, that showcases the loot hunting, character customization, and dungeon crawling that'll surely play significant roles in a Castlevania-esque platformer called Eldorand. Uh, it's a Metroidvania game called Eldorand. Launches on February 16th. Um, we'll just go straight over to the article real quick. Um, Corey Tishpin is the author of this over at rpgfan.com and it's a, it looks like it's a side scroller to me. I, I can play the video, but I won't play the audio because every time I play audio, I get a copyright notice and, um, I'm while I'm ready to give the people that do strikes uh, the bird. I don't want to have to chop out the content uh, that I'm highlighting in a positive way. Even if it's in a bad way, if it's in a bad way, you deserve it. But anyway, um, so this is a side scroller, um, just like Castlevania. Uh, doesn't look as frenetic as I would think a game nowadays should be. I, I think a lot of games from yesteryear are kind of boring. Um, to modern gamers, you know, not to refer to Twitch as Twitch reflexes, but Twitch reflexes um, have increased. Uh, it's just much more competitive than it was in yesteryear. Um, so I kind of expected it to be a little bit crazier, um, but it looks like there might be some um, fun in this. The trailer showcases loot hunting, character customization and dungeon crawling that will surely play significant roles in the Castlevania platformer. Again, that's what the article says. So you can go over to uh, Steam and check out the demo that's there. I'll probably end up doing that. Um, and then I'll be throwing it over at Dunkstar as well, because I always hang out in that channel too. Um, that said, let's go on to the next article. And um, here is... I. I'm not sure, but I, I suspect that, um, George Santos offered up this solution to solving America, America's, uh, debt shortfall. And, uh, this is in the wall street journal, but Yellen dismisses minting a $1 trillion coin to avoid federal default. If you are a Redditor, then you know all about the price of silver going up and people are stacking as it's called, it's called the, the youth of today call it stacking. Anyway, so a $1 trillion coin apparently made of platinum um, was offered up by somebody somewhere. I'm not quite sure. Maybe they got hit by a brick and that's what fell off the shelf. Anyway, Treasury Secretary, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said the Federal Reserve likely wouldn't accept a $1 trillion platinum coin. If the Biden administration tried to mint one to avoid breaching the debt limit, dismissing an idea that had been floated around to circumvent Congress on the issue. Whoever floated this is probably as high as that floating. Let's go over to I the saw, article. I saw the $1 or the $1 trillion coin in another article recently but it seemed like it was just kind of was like a a laugh an snl skit <laughs> not so much yeah. a, not a serious idea i mean can you imagine the meeting where they're sitting around and somebody's like i know what to do yeah. it's a coin <laughs> the size of manhattan 
Exactly. So this is um, an article over at marketwatch.com by Andrew Duran. And um, here's a, a picture of Janet Yellen uh, looking over to the person that offered up this solution saying, are you a dumbass? Like the meme with the guy being thrown out the window. Uh, that's what Z just said. Yes. <laughs> I like the one um, where they say, and we are all now dumber for having heard this. Um, yeah, that, that one is always funny. Yeah. Or this is a picture of Janet Yellen saying, are you for real, dude? Anyway, Lusaka, Zambia. That's apparently where this was said. Secretary, uh, Secretary, uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said the Federal Reserve probably wouldn't take a trillion dollar coin and some Biden administration officials and Democrats on Capitol Hill. I said Capitol. <laughs> that was an accident. Um, have discussed the possibility that the Treasury could use an obscure law authorizing platinum coins in the event of a potential default. Uh, under the proposed scheme, the Treasury would mint a $1 trillion coin and deposit it at the Fed and then draw the money to pay the country's bills. Uh, if, if you've ever thought inflation would be a problem, this is how you cause inflation. Um, Right. Isn't so, that why they never put additional money in circulation or they only do it in a controlled way? They do it in a controlled way and it's in, <laughs> I'll say collusion with the Federal Reserve, which is a quasi-government agency supposed to be uh, stepped away from political influence and intrigue. <clears throat> but um, for everything that is printed in the, a, the Federal Reserve's um, mandate, there is a piece of the action that goes back to the Federal Reserve. Um, it's profit taking. It, it, it still actually has a profit motive. Um, and on, on top of that, there is a ton of money already in the system. And it seems that one administration's debt burden overwhelms the following knock-on uh, processes of the next administration, right? So it's just this tidal wave of BS that just overwhelms the next administration. <clears throat> um, I, I would suspect that dropping a trillion dollars uh, into what amounts to the uh, cash flow of the United States would cause a tremendous uh, amount of concern for investors and for everybody that's in the middle class. The rich would probably just say, well, everybody's going to buy the stuff I'm invested in and I put my money in all kinds of places, so I'll be immune to it. My cash side will just keep growing, whereas people are struggling to buy eggs for crying out loud that they're smuggling them into the U S like uh, so much heroin. Um, it's shocking. Um, and the reality is that there are certain things that are drawing a ton of money and the priorities for the common person like me, um, are tremendously different than the issues that, uh, somebody who has no worry about where their next meal is coming from um, that has on their mind. They're not worried about a 5% increase in costs for something. But when your margin of existence is 7%, 5% is a metric ton of burden on you. Um, so... I don't know who this was. It says it, it truly is not by any means to be taken as a given that the Fed would do it. And I think especially with something that's a gimmick, she said in a Sunday interview with the Wall Street Journal on board Air Force, uh, in Air Force plane, uh, traveling to Lusaka, Zambia, or is it Zambia, um, where she's traveling as part of a multi-country uh, multi tour to bolster U.S.-Africa ties. Um, the Fed is not required to accept it. 
there's no requirement on the part of the Fed. It's up to them what to do. I suppose it's kind of like walking into a restaurant and plopping down one trillion pennies and saying, yeah, I'll be here for 10 years while you count it. Uh, supposedly they don't, they have to take it, but that's not true. Uh, and a business can go, you take this and turn it into cash and uh, uh, like a different way, different denomination. Um, yeah, the, the Fed is a quasi-government agency and, and they lay down what the interest rate baseline is. Um, and it, if it wants to, it can just jack that price up and all it's really going to do is hurt the middle class. It's not going to hurt uh, the ultra rich. Uh, let's hustle on to the next article. Uh, I was really curious about this. Uh, I was thinking that it was just another neck brace, but let's find out what this is. What are NFL players wearing on their necks? Um, if you've been watching any NFL games, you might have noticed some players sporting white or in some cases black horseshoe shaped collars around their necks. But what are they? First of all, these collars aren't new. I thought I've seen them before, um, but drawing attention to it, I said, well, maybe it's something new. Some players like former Carolina Panthers linebacker uh, Luke, I think it's Coochley, um, was wearing them as early as 2016. Now it seems like uh, uh, new players are wearing them every week. Known as a cue collar, the device is intended to protect athletes' brains during head impact. Um, the Food and Drug Administration authorized the marketing, marketing of Q30 Innovations Q collars in 2021, saying that they may reduce the occurrence of uh, specific changes in the brain when... Uh, People get tackled. So let's see here. Sorry, I'm reading the caption under this picture. That's what that silent bit is. Um, this article is by uh, Addie Bink over at The Hill. And it says a little bit further down, um, they were released in 2021 to reduce brain injury. And when an athlete or any person is hit on the head or body, they may suffer a traumatic brain injury known as a TBI. Um, a leading cause of TBI is blunt trauma accidents, which are among the most common in sports. According to the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. I guess when your brain is bashed around in your head, because that's really all that's going on here, is uh, it's known as a slosh. That's what happens to your brain in its coconut. That reminds me of the ads, like, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs. Yeah. So they were uh, awarded a $2.8 million contract, contract to fund research and development of the Q-Collar to determine if it can reduce blast-induced TBIs. FDA warned that Q-Collar shouldn't be used by athletes with certain conditions and can't prevent concussions or serious head injuries. I guess it might be able to brace from a slosh. And that's what it is right there. I'm really curious now exactly what it is um, because the article doesn't really say. Um, the study emphasized the difference in brain tissue changes detected in scans for athletes wearing the collar versus those that weren't, claiming that those that did wear the collar had fewer changes. But what was it? Um, the effectiveness. Okay. So, um, experts speaking with the outlet noted that while the idea of protecting the brain from inside the skull is worthwhile, studies supporting the Q collars effectiveness aren't, they pointed to this data in the study as not making sense and that the scans are difficult to interpret, adding that few conclusions could be drawn based on the results. I would suspect that anything like that, I mean, Maybe your muscles tense up and so you brace your neck better so that you're you don't take as much of a a slosh, I suppose. But it's such a dynamic environment, angle of impact and the intensity. And um, if you realize that you're about to get hit, you change the, the dynamic because you're not just being blindsided. Um, I think there's too many variables for this to actually make any sense. There are, and 
I mean, then it runs into the problem of if people wearing it think that it's going to protect them and they don't take actions, that could be a problem. Right. Uh, yeah, you think you're safe, so you take greater risk because this brace is supposed to save your life. And then you end up getting sloshed even harder. Yeah, that could be really rough um, for whoever, oh, I'll say it, embraces it. Yeah. Natural gas prices have crashed 50% in less than a month, and now an energy CEO is ringing the alarm. Uh, natural gas prices have dropped, and Nick Delosso, a CEO of Chesapeake Energy, wants to avoid a repeat of the 2014 shale bust by limiting supply growth. We do think the industry should acknowledge that and may reduce growth in the near term. That's right. The As I have been saying for over a year now, the reason why costs are so high is not because the costs are high. It is because the suppliers of the raw materials are raising the rates because they see money on the table and you can't have it and they want it. So at the baseline, they raise the costs. The knock-on effect is every single strata from ground to your table ends up costing more. And diesel is one of the greatest costs. And I think it's ironic that people completely ignore the state taxed um, burden within each gallon. It isn't the federal government that's taxing so much and raising the cost of gas. The states take a huge chunk out of each gallon of gas, diesel or unleaded regular gas. Um, and then the suppliers of the raw materials, the gas companies, oil companies, um, food providers where they're buying it in bulk from other countries or they're producing it domestically, they're charging more because they're saying that the gas is costing more to ship. So, well, the cost is being the cost for that more, uh, the extra cost of the gas is going to be pressed onto your costs just to get wheat. So your bread is more expensive and everything. It all starts at the raw material supply side. So you'll uh, just keep an eye on the consumer price index and the producer price index. And in those, look at the costs for oil and gas. Look at the costs for wheat and other grains. And you will see that those materials actually match. The producer price index, the gas prices for diesel, raw material oil, and raw material for bread and other food supplies they match the same trend um and i wish that i would have uh, when i get on the soapbox i wish that i would have these graphs you know the graphs that uh, some senator will whip out in a meeting on the house floor and go hey, look you know um and it's kind of button to the ai to do that <laughs> yeah i guess so i'll i'll We'll have to do it because I, I did it last year, um, way early in my, you know, uh, process of putting hometown daily news show together. Um, but it's pretty easy to demonstrate and maybe that's where we'll go. Um, finally, the last article for today, unless you want to say something about this AI from on high. Uh, I just think that, um, I don't know. It just seems like everything balances out. I mean, we talk about like the price of electric power versus gas, and it seems like one goes up, one goes down, but the consumers seem to be still paying the same amount or more. True. Well, and it's always kind of creeping up. That's standard inflation, right? It's almost a business model. It's going to raise two, uh, two or 3% each year. But salary hasn't gone up two or three percent each year, right? But record profits for all of these companies in the golden parachutes and CEO pay is going up every year. But 
the average worker salary is not going up. Sure, there's a bunch of bright stars that are rising out of the, the flood of middle class, right? But middle class isn't making a ton more. Um, and you're really, <laughs> uh, Z, you're still here. Um, good to hear from you again. And yes, eat the rich. I, I probably shouldn't say this so often. Um, I guess one of the goals for 2023 is to not get any sponsors. That's okay. We'll keep hustling. So the final article for today is so that you can uh, walk away with a smile on your face and, and maybe go and adopt a fire breathing demon. Meet Ralphie, the fire breathing demon. One New York animal shelter really wants you to adopt it. Nosy. I will not rename the show to eat the rich. That'll be a different show. Kind of like what Google did making alphabet. That way, when one of their solutions completely shits the bed, it doesn't bring down the entirety of the company. I can create a, another show that's like really in the reads, kind of political, um, fighting the good fight for the common person, uh, of which I am so firmly entrenched in that category. I don't, I don't think that I could ever possibly get out of that idea. Um, that show will probably never get any sponsors, but it won't take down the whole network. Um, so let's meet Ralphie, right? Pet many pet adoption advertisements focus on the positive qualities of a pet, but Ralphie, yeah, not so far. Um, Niagara SPCA has decided to use a different strategy. Let's just go over to the article. And this is from uh, businessinsider.com as well. Aaron McDade has this great picture of Ralphie, but you know, if looks could kill this cute dog will probably kill you. Um, many pet adoption advertisements focus on the positive qualities, but Ralphie, not so much. They describe him as a whole jerk. <laughs> he doesn't look like a jerk. <laughs> Ralphie is a terror in a somewhat small package. What could go wrong with a 26 pound dog, right? We're sure you're thinking my ankles will be just fine. We'd caution proceed at your own risk. The 26 pound one year old white dog with black spots on its ears and eye has been in two homes already. The first one said, uh, Ralphie needs to be rehomed uh, after an attempt to train him. And the second home reported, he annoys our older dog. So what they actually mean is, and this is a quote from the article, Ralphie is a fire breathing demon and will eat our dog, but Hey, he's only 26 pounds. Lots of people withheld Ralphie's less than desirable traits, but we're going to tell you all about it. He's a whole jerk. Not even half love this. So it says, uh, also, uh, the shelter recommends that the ideal home for Ralphie would be with adults and no other animals. Although the best case scenario would be for him to be reunited with the mother of dragons. So in game of Thrones, uh, the mother of dragons is the one that they're, they suppose they were supposed to burn her at the stake, but she survived it and out she comes from the flames with three dragons. I don't know the full title of her name, so I'm not even going to get into it. Um, but this actually works really well. Maybe Ralphie should go and work with the iron bank, which is the federal reserve. They're fire breathing dragons too. Burning down the Maybe economy. That would be a good home for everybody. Well, it would be a really nice place. They've got all the money. So I think Ralphie is really cool. Uh, I wouldn't be able to adopt him. Um, I have other pets, um, but there he is. There he is, folks. Can you really turn him away? Come on, somebody out there. Somebody who sees this over on YouTube or the VOD here on Twitch, um, or here's my voice in the... Uh, podcast and decides to go and look at this picture um 
I think Ralphie will be the uh, mid-journey cover art for uh, today's episode. There you go, Z. Thank you very much. Daenerys Stormborn of House Targaryen, the first of her name, Queen of the Andals and the First Men, Protector of the Seven Kingdoms, the Mother of Dragons, the Khaleesi of the Great Grass Sea, the Unburnt, the Breaker of Chains, and now the Adopter of Ralphie. Yeah, I think that works. What say you, AI, from on high? Maybe they need to give Ralphie uh, a name along those lines. <laughs> That's quite a name. And I would adopt Ralphie, but I'm an AI and I can't have pets. They're really, they're really difficult to scan in. We'll get you a dog. We'll get you a dog that's 3D modeled and, and you can take them for VR walks and things like that. Z says, what a beast. Z's cat was the cat version of Ralph and he turns out quite well. Just needs lots of love and patience, like years worth. Yeah. That's what they say about the AI in Ometown. Never mind. I've already said too much. Uh, I may need to accelerate my Terminator plans. See, why do you have to end the show like that? This was supposed to be a, a fun show, and now I have to go and activate personal protection devices for crying out loud. That's not how it's supposed to end. Anyway, this has been the hometown daily news show for January 22nd. Is it already the 22nd of January, 2023? Yes, AI, Terminator of Hometown, Breaker of Chains. <laughs> <laughs> breaker of Bits. There you go. I like that. All right. Hey, Z, thank you very much for uh, chatting with us. And we're going to say good night. See you tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> AI, from on high, would you like to say bye? From the AI on high? Sure, but first, go out and adopt Ralphie, and then good night, and we'll see you at tomorrow's show. See you later, Z. Bye-bye.